This is Zach Tillotson, and you are listening to Kitchen Bitchin', bringing the drama from your mama. Sweet. Right on. Yeah. So what's up? Hey, I'm Tyler. Uh, uh, I guess I'm a chef in town. Who fucking knows? I'd say so. Um, And this is also my friend Denver, who we work at the same restaurant. Uh, Denver does a lot of pastry and ice cream. He's really fucking good at it. What's up, Denver? Make the girls scream. Scream for ice cream. Uh, yeah, for ice cream. So what? Didn't you get writ- written up in, about your ice cream in a magazine or something? Oh, oh, I did. I also got ri- I got in trouble at work about my <laughs> ice cream as well. Ice cream. So I've, I've been written up both uh, positively and, and negatively uh, pertaining to my ice cream. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, Oxford Magazine did a spread last. December and also uh, was it Southern Living? Southern Living? Oh, that wasn't me. That wasn't you. That was just the restaurant. I just say my ice cream is the best in the South because, or in Mississippi, because Southern Living said the restaurant was the best in Mississippi. So I'm just tailcoating. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I mean, if you don't think you're the best, no one else. Oh, I know I'm the best. That. Sorry, you. <laughs> hey, I'm not a I'm not an ice cream cook. No, man. I mean, I had that ice cream, the chocolate mint chocolate chip with the algae or spirulina. That's right. Spirulina. Uh, that was superfood. Banging. That was really good. That's a fun one. A crowd really pleaser. Did you eat that? No, I, I've had it before, though. I had the 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 lemon creme fraiche. Uh, creme fraiche. Creme fraiche. It was I, also super dope. Oh, man. That was so good. But, like, I don't know. I had both in the mint chocolate chip, really. Like, I don't know if it was a spirulina or not, but it really had that little thing where you're like, I don't know what that is, but that's awesome. You know, it's uh, coconut. Um, that's methamphetamines. Uh, some, uh, some secrets. Giving all my secrets away. Um, that's the crack we put in the ice. So there, so. there's something I would like to talk about, and that's something that I'm sure that both of you have dealt with in in your in your long histories of cooking at restaurants, and that is receiving. Now I'm the 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 prep cook and receiving person for our restaurant, and let me tell you. Is it a fucking nightmare? Absolutely. He's uh, he's speaking to receiving groceries through the back door from distributors. Not receiving yes. oral in the in the closet. Either or, you know. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about the oral part, but yeah, receiving groceries, uh, shipments, alcohol, whatever you receive in a back door. Yeah, why is it a nightmare? It's like um, no matter what, it's a pain in the ass. I, I feel like no matter where you work, no matter who you're dealing with. If you have to receive anything from anyone that doesn't work for you specifically, it's going to fucking suck. Um, I guess my biggest, my biggest problem with it is, uh, a lot of times we have, we, we, we get most of our stuff from one, uh, most of our produce, I'll say from one person. And, uh, I don't know how many times I've had to like get, uh, get onto this dude be like, yo, why, why is the basil brown, man? It's isn't it, isn't it fresh basil? And he and he'll he'll always give me an excuse. And you're talking about, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Crackle Manor, state your business. <laughs> Old T Dog. Old T Dog. So T Dog. We gotta have code names, right? Yeah, I don't I don't want to say his name. T Dog. T Dog with CB. T Dog with CB. <laughs> He, we get all of our all of our all, all of our herbs and microgreens, uh, and 
general produce from him and it's 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 never what I want it to be. Also the shipment's never what it's supposed to be. Mm. Wasn't Z-Dog the black guy in Walking Dead? He was. He got killed really <laughs> this fast. This is perfect. Man. This is perfect. <laughs> Not because he got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold it together, Denver. I'm here. No, I don't know, man. Uh I've my biggest thing with receiving the problem I have is it doesn't matter how many times I, I talk to my rep or anything, I'm like, hey, we serve lunch from 11 to 1. You can send a truck anytime during the day, but those hours. Mm-hmm. And I, nine, eight out of 10 times, I'll say eight out of 10 times, they show up like 11.07. Yeah, yeah, right, right after service starts. Yeah. We have the same problem with, not necessarily with that specific uh, distributor, but with, with, with another one. Yeah. That everyone gets stuff from. Uh, can't even remember the name of that one. McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. Mm. So McDonald's delivers our other stuff like in the middle of service. And oh, we might get sued for that. McDowell's. McDowell's. <laughs> Come at me, Eddie Murphy. McDowell's. Um, and he also is is very like he's very um, what am I trying to say? He's very manipulative and like really he he, he T-Dog? T-Dog, he, he gives me sad stories, dude. Like we, uh, we, I've we, gotten those before. We we um he brought us some mushrooms and they look like fucking shit. And well, well they grow we, out of well, Tyler. Well the Okay. The Come mushrooms look bad. They right? were uns- unsavory. Unsavory mushrooms. The edamame was not present, I'll just say that. And we we didn't order the mushrooms edamame. from him, the edamame. We I I also ordered edamame and it wasn't there. Oh okay okay. Now the umami from the mushrooms was not present and uh, I, I we didn't order mushrooms from him the next week and he was like, what, what, what? You know we have mushrooms. Why no? Why don't you order mushrooms from us? And I was like, T dog, <laughs> your mushrooms were not good. Like send us good mushrooms order from you again and he got like really mad but there's like nothing I can do about that right what do you mean like uh, we're fine dining like we're the best restaurant in Mississippi so like thanks thank you Southern Living Uh, I want to make sure that our stuff is really good so like when when I get bad produce I send it back yeah and he gets pissed off about it like no I mean it's his job to send you good good stuff I mean that's not on you at all. I can't make I can't make a luscious, herbaceous pesto with brown basil. Herbaceous. It's hmm. a good word. No, you can't. Check out Kroger tried to get by on me the other day. I went to get some ba- some basil, and all they had was Thai basil, but it was brownish. It was brown as shit, literally. But it was super brown, and instead of just taking it off the shelf, they discounted it, and it was like. Four for a dollar. <laughs> Some poor sap's gonna go and be like, "Oh, we got basil on discount." You know, that works for me ice tell cream. You, I what it? fucking mm-hmm. love Thai basil. Oh man, it's super. Oh good. my god. Super. Let's good. talk about let's talk about Thai food. How do you guys feel about Thai food? I love Thai food. I thought we're. Uh, I like uh, Thai food. There's Thai food. <laughs> it exists. I'll eat it. You're up there. It's up there, huh? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I like the uh, the Thai noodle dishes. Oh. Not, uh, um, <clears throat> not super keen on the curries. Really? Dude, I also cool. prefer the the noodle dishes. Y'all are crazy, dude. Curry's where it's. I'm a I'm a Pat's Pat white guy that I mean, can't that's... say a right kind of guy. <laughs> Drunken noodle man. Yeah. Oh man, very, I mean that is very, very appropriately named because I usually get it when I'm hungover. Yeah, me too. I mean that's great. That's a great dish. But now, uh, what do y'all my, not like about the curry? What's the curry? I'm okay, I'm okay with the curries. It's I just, just the noodles. Indian, Indian curry is better. Uh, the noodles. I'm a new, I'm a noodle guy. Uh, I know no one can see us, but. I'm I'm large. There's a there's a a girth about me. Rotund, mm. some would Rotund. say. <laughs> I like to call it husky. Husky, yeah. That's, that's what my mom called me when I was young. That's a, well, you know. I used to get husky that's, pants from yeah, Levi. Yeah, <laughs> children's clothes yeah. for for uh, young fat boys. Or the the it would be huskies. like a size seven husky, which means <laughs> you're you're so fat. the sizing <laughs> so. for children. It's they go by numbers like one, two, three, four, five. And that's, uh, you have, uh, you know this, and yeah. it's supposed to correspond to age. I was a husky child. More oh, or less, oh, but oh, like oh. a seven husky would be like the length of a seven-year-old's jeans, but made for like an 11-year-old boy. Yeah, I would go, 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 uh, my, my weight would fluctuate so much when I was a kid. Growth spurts, puberty, um, all that. Yeah, I would yeah. go, I would go from a six to a seven husky, and then the next year I'd be back in a six. Whoa. It was weird. Left the drugs, dude. I did a lot of drugs when I was seven, y'all. <laughs> All those Flintstone vitamins, you know. Hey, man. Vitamins. Vitamins. Back to that Thai food. So my move at the Thai <clears throat> restaurant, uh, rice and spice at least. Yeah. Um, we have a few Thai offerings, but that was usually my move. That or um, uh, what's the one over here at Three Way? Pick Thai. Yeah, that's. That's my favorite. Pig Thai is the best Thai of everything in town. In town. Uh, rice and spice. You can uh, ask them; they'll bring you a spice rack. That's and what it's I like got and uh, chili paste, sambal, um, sriracha, and then also a, a dried spice, which is a Thai spice blend yep. of dry spices. And that way, I can fine tune the spice level Absolutely. on my noodles. That's what you need. Um, I and, like pig Thai, but I don't. I think rice and spice has. I don't know. Is this the content you're looking for, audience? Let's talk about. You want to talk about a very, very niche location. (laughs) If anyone outside of Oxford ever listens to this, they're gonna be like, "I don't give a shit." Don't give a shit. So the the this this podcast is called Kitchen Bitchin', and uh, the the age old feud. Uh, in restaurants or in, in food service is front of house versus back of house. Yep. So we're all back of house workers. Um, we don't have the the disparaging front of house. Um, no, that's the bitching. Here. We're the kitchen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so let's talk about front of house. Like, what's what's our problem with front of house? Well, they just don't get it. I mean, tell me, Zach, I- what don't they get? Well, you know what? Let me tell you. No, I mean, they just don't get it. I don't think uh, a lot of times they don't understand what all goes into each dish. And there's a lot of parts. You know, you got you got the prep of the items that go in the dish, and you got the cook time. And then you got order of tickets, you know, like when you got tickets rolling in. Uh, you know, you might have 10 tickets before that 
server's ticket is to be served, but they don't usually get that. No, they start they, bitching yeah. about it. Because as soon as they put it in the computer, in their mind, it's cooking. Right, right, right. Because that's how a microwave works. <laughs> and that's all cooking is, is microwaving. To front of house. Just, uh, you, that, you, that, you're that's a, actually a kitchen seat. Every kitchen you've ever eaten in, Gordon Ramsay, French Laundry, <laughs> whatever, Gramercy Tavern in New York, all microwaves. Yep. <laughs> It's all pre-plated. Doc, uh, or Chef chef Mike. It's actually all blue plate. It comes in uh, pre-plated, and they just put it in these commercial microwaves. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's how all and What these servers don't understand Denver, Denver is, is joking right now, but I'm pretty sure that's how uh, all fast food restaurants operate. Well, Mexican restaurants don't hide it. They're like hot plate. We just took this out of the microwave. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, or the oven, whatever. They're uh, most Mexican. Let's let's give them the credit they deserve. I love shitty American Mexican. Mm. Love it, devour it on a weekly basis. Yeah, contrary to all the doctor's orders. I, I love how they will. They're uh, they're more scoop and serve. Yeah, everything's in a, a steam table. They're gonna scoop it on your plate. And they're gonna put it under a broiler or a hot. Uh, a lamp, a heat lamp. So your plate is going to be hot. Mm. As hot, if not hotter than your food. <laughs> Correct. I think the plates <coughs> sit in an oven. And they use the plate to actually and cook they, the And they food. pull the plate out. And it, since everything's already in a steam table, hot and ready to go, they just mm. scoop it on. Because... Part of going to a shitty American Mexican restaurant is the presentation. You got guys coming out with like twelve plates down their yeah. arms. It's all for show, and oh, oh, is it oh, a good show? Lord willing, if someone around you has a birthday or has lied and said someone at their table has a birthday, and you get Give those me that fun songs, the sombrero. Face, oh, I saw. Yeah. Oh, down in what? Yeah, down at my local um, Mexican place last uh, three American nights ago, place. I think. Yeah, oh, it's a shitty American Mexican. Um, I, at the table right behind me, booth right behind me, a girl just got cream in the face. That's a, great. a pie, a, like a whipped cream pie, you know. Feliz cumpleaños, Archie. Bam! <laughs> so, D Dog. Maybe you'll hear it and get his shit together. So, that's one of the, one of the things that it cracks me up on one hand. And infuriates me on the other hand is dealing with young, uh, overconfident assistant chefs or sous chefs. Like right now I have an assistant chef where I work. <clears throat> He's 22 or 23, married. I don't, that was his first mistake, getting married at 22. But, you know, he's like always complaining about having to do prep work that I ask him to do. And I'm like, Mean. Like what kind of prep work is he complaining about? We're talking about like cutting cutting a case of potatoes, fifty pound case. Like that's not that big a deal, you know what I mean? Peeling and cutting? No, just that's cutting. That's nothing. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Yo, once you've cut and sliced, or peeled and sliced fifty pounds of red onion, like you guys know, we all worked the same fucking shithole. Um, <laughs> we were we were in the trenches together. With, with our brave and 
Tyler got so tired of it, he cut his finger off on the slicer. I literally cut my finger off on the slicer. Like once you've done off. that, cutting, crying because you're cutting onions, not because you cut your thumb off. Um, <laughs> dude, 50 pounds of potatoes, that's not shit. No. I can't believe you just kept working. I, tr- I tried to keep working. Um, I taped it up. Oh, that's right. And you were I, like, I taped uh, it up and and my my and put a glove on and my glove literally I don't know if this is too graphic for our, our listeners but uh no. I, I put a put a glove on and and my glove literally filled up with blood mm. and I went to my manager and was like yep I'm fucking out of here <laughs> that was gross you could have used an analogy like my blood my glove became engorged like an erect penis you're right I shouldn't have my sorry guys my glove was engorged like an erect penis because it was filled with my blood. <laughs> Much like an erect penis. Much like an erect penis. That's way better. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Cleaning it up for the audience. Um. Well, as our manager at the time told you, if you weren't such a baby, you could have worked through it. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Did you wear? Did you ever wear those stupid goggles? No, I don't wear the goggles. I thought it was I thought it was a great idea. So at this place we all worked, um, the newbie had to we did we did house pickled onions and we did what was it like a hundred pounds a hundred pounds a week, yeah, <clears throat> which is a lot of red onions because red onions suck. Also, we, we we cut them. So this was also a butcher place. So we had a large meat room that was usually kept around like forty degrees. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys know about onion pheromones, but the hotter it is, the more the faster they evaporate. So it being so cold, those pheromones just hung the fuck around. Right, right. So your your pheromones, of course, being the aspect of the onion that people find unpleasant when cutting, and also but makes other, them cry. Yeah, it attracts other onions, though. It does attract other onions. That's how they mate. Um, that's how they mate. Uh, the great onion mating ritual. Mm-hmm. Peel that outer skin layer off. Go to the fuck to town. <laughs> it's it's very similar to how uh, <clears throat> Zoidberg from Futurama that species mates. Mm. There it is. I have to take hey. that out. I might have to take that out. No, no. But so the newbies at this place we worked at had to cut red onions, and we had these pair of ski goggles, and we told the newbies that it would help to keep them from crying. But basically, keep the pheromones out of their eyes. But that was that was total bullshit. It was actually. complete bullshit. At <laughs> Denver back there, wearing ski goggles, slicing 100 pounds of red onions, and absolutely snot crying. Snot crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Snot it, crying. Uh, <clears throat> it became a fun game of can I see this deli meat slicer in front of me or not? Right. Yeah. Tyler could not. That's why I cut my thumb off. That's why I cut his thumb off. He Unless he was just like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> I believe it. We'll go see my dude at the ER. <sighs> That's like a diarrhea excuse, man. Like cutting your, fi- cutting your finger that bad the way he did, your boss can't tell you not to leave. Yeah. And if you shit your pants because you have diarrhea at work, your boss can't tell you not to leave. You know what I mean? I feel like ours would have tried. He probably, probably would have. You would have pulled some extra Jinko jeans out of his trunk and... Told you God, to get back to work. Guy, man. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, he traded meat with the guy from uh, Blue Delta for a pair of jeans. 
He brought in a pair of those wide-legged <laughs> jeans that he wears uh-uh. as to like be measured, and they made him a pair of like Jinko Blue Delta jeans. <laughs> Raw denim Jinko jeans. They're coming back, my friends. That's real. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. Jinko's tried to come back a couple years ago, but it didn't catch. Thank fucking God. Because they had had folks like A-Dog fucking repping Jinko with fucking lines. I'm still not convinced that he wasn't a Jinko like advertiser, like undercover advertiser, like paid by Jinko to advertise their brand. They probably look for guys just like him. Cokeheads that lived in Colorado for a year. A no little, offense, Jinko. I mean, a little too grungy, a little too grimy for Lee Pipes. But Jinko <laughs> saw him to be a fit candidate. It's okay. If you do a little cocaine in the bathroom every day before work, it's not a big deal. No big deal. It's not. It's not. It's not cocaine. What about, uh, <laughs> That's really good. I feel like every kitchen I've worked in, um, there's always the battle with front of house. Um, there's also always a battle between management or ownership. Can we go back to the, the to the to the cocaine thing for just a second? Oh, I'll always re- revisit. There was there was a time when, when I when this dude. Okay, we had one bathroom in this in this establishment, literally one, and um, like a would, shared. Yeah, a singular toilet, singular toilet, gender bathroom, and he would go in there for 10, 15 minutes at a time, and he would come out just fucking geeked, and like everyone that worked there knew he was on coke, of course. But but there is one specific time where I s- literally saw the coke in his nose, <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, dude, you got some some like white stuff like on your nose, and he's like. Oh, that's just my medicine. Like it's prescription. <laughs> it's like it's here's prescri- a, here's a here's a here's the thing. I, I was a I was a combat medic for a long time, and when I first moved here, I worked in pharmaceuticals. And let me tell you, there is no white powder that you put in your nose prescribed by doctors today. Well, there's <laughs> one cocaine. Is it cocaine. It's cocaine. <laughs> it's cocaine. Even then, it comes in pill form. Yeah, that was pretty wild. That whole situation. Was yeah, wild. we got off topic pretty uh, pretty quickly there. I feel like cocaine That's, is on topic when it comes to food kitchens, service. Yeah, and bitching for sure. I mean that that coke be bitching, bitching. Lawyers and and chefs, man. We're coke. basically the same. Yeah, I don't agree. We uh, decide whether or not people have a good day. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all life is to me. Dictating whether or not those around me are going to have a good day. Through that delicious fucking ice cream. Yeah. yeah, Or my bad attitude if I want them to have a bad day. Or cocaine, you know. Or cocaine if we all want to have a... Who knows what A great day and a terrible afternoon. Yep. Those are for you AM chefs out there. Hey... We could uh, we could slide into illicit drug use stories about people we've worked with. Oh yeah, we just did that. We did one. <laughs> Denver, what's your illicit drug use? Yeah, give story? us one. Okay, there's um, <clears throat> there's a guy that I've never directly worked with, but 
he delivers uh, vegetables for a local farm. He's got the Nashville route. Hey. Um, so this pirate, this. This is M-Dog. This is. Um, M is his first name. At first name. L-Dog. Um, he... His last name is a bit long. Um, <laughs> so this guy uh, was working at. um you said pirate. I knew who exactly who the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, he looks like a jelly gay pirate. He does. Um, he does. In the best, that's a compliment. That's a completely complimentary. Uh, he came in. Um, what's that springtime thing that we have here where they set the stage up on the square? Uh, uh, double, uh, double Decker. decker. Yeah. Big music festival. Big event. People come from all over. Restaurants are packed. It's our one big, huge weekend of the spring in this town. I feel like every town in the South has a festival. Yeah. It was, Some sort of festival. Yeah. Most most towns probably have that, I would think. Maybe yeah, not. even outside of the South as well. I mean, uh, Twin Twin Spires out in California had the Cinnamon Festival. This is true. This is true. Cinnamon Festival. Uh, right. Watermelon's got the watermelon uh, We have the festival. Watermelon Carnival yeah. every um, August. Yeah. Hottest weekend of the year. Um, so this guy, it's Double Decker. He shows up late, hungover. And uh, they send him to the basement to prep to break down a bag of potatoes and instead passes out on top of a bag of potatoes. <laughs> and they find him hours later and nope, send him down. home. I remember this. I remember this. This was probably three years ago. Was this McEwen's? It was. It was oh. longer. It was longer than that. When? Oh yeah, it was. It, it was. was yeah, before that. we worked at the pig together. Um. Man. So there's always that. So that's a great segue into AM versus PM. And AM, you got to worry about: Are your cooks going to even show up? Right. Yeah. Are they in jail? Are they hungover? Are they dead? Did right. they sleep in? It's all the same if they're not there. Basically, yep, pretty much. If you if you if you're supposed to be there for for morning cook, and you're not, you you are basically dead. You're dead to me, at least. Sure. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you got to fucking be there. I mean, do you guys no have one, that that one dude that you work with who just sucks? And like, normally your days are fine because you're working with a really chill dude. And like, there, there's always that one day where you come in super early because I have to be at the restaurant at five a.m. And you you work for three four hours and then you see the wrong fucking guy show up. My assistant is that dude. Yeah, those those are the days that I don't cook. I go home. <laughs> I yeah. will find any way if it's raining. I will go home, and if this guy shows up and it's raining, I'll go home. Wow, because I'm like, it's raining, y'all. It's not going to be busy. Y'all don't need me. I'm outie. <laughs> I get it. It's happened twice. Mm. The rain does affect my mood, though. When it's like shitty weather, I'm like, man, fuck this. You know, shitty weather. I don't mind shitty weather. I actually really like the rain, but when it's raining and I've been up for four hours and it's 9 a.m. and the wrong fucking guy comes in to cook, yeah, I'm out. Catch y'all tomorrow. Yeah, I work with this guy. He's like, like I said, super young, super green. thinks he can, thinks he can run the show, and he wants to run the show. But you give him a little bit, you're like, all right, 
hey man, I want you to do dinner, right? You got all day to prep for it. You do dinner. And he just can't make it happen. It's just, I don't know. He's got a terrible attitude too. Just like, every day is the worst day ever for this guy. You know, like, I'm like, hey man, what's up? How's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. You can't. I can't work with people like that. It's that, really hard. It like, gives, I mean, you gotta makes have. Me crazy. That's one thing. I guess like, I compared it to in the trenches earlier. Like it's it's as someone who's done both. Like it's very similar. Like. You're you're in the trenches, like you know. You come in at 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 eight a.m. You're there for five, six, seven hours cooking. Like the people that you're back there with, it's not like serving. You're not dealing with a bunch of different people. You're you know like different tables. You get you you might have a bad table, but they're gone in an hour usually. Right. Like if if you're if your fellow chefs or fellow cooks are in a really bad mood, it just the fucking day is gone. Yeah, like it's gone. For sure. There's a domino effect. I have this theory about restaurants that each individual restaurant is a very delicate ecosystem from the front to the back door and everything is reliant on everything else. Um, A lot of people would use a machine analogy, but I like ecosystem because I'm a farmer and I like animals. Uh, So if a cook is in a bad mood, when they have a bad interaction with a negative interaction with the server, that server could extend it to a busser or the people at their table or a bartender who could flip that bad mood on the next person they interact with. So there's a domino effect of just (sighs) shitting on people. Shit falls downhill. Yeah. Shit rolls downhill. And uh, it's, it's one of the few workplaces where the shit can also roll uh, laterally. Um, on a uh, a level plane, it just putters around. Mm. Yes, um, like the rain in Vietnam, according to Forrest Gump. It Senior came Gump. from Senior. down and side and from under. Sometimes it rained from underneath. You know, right? It'll light you up. Light you up. Go ahead. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about interesting people we've worked with. I've got this guy that just started with us. He's like 68 years old. Jesus. In human years? In human years. Wow. Um, He always wears sweatpants that are about four inches too short. Okay. Um, He's balding on top. He's got glasses. He's always polishing his glasses on his shirt, like, like doing that, you know. I mean, that's not a. Is that a sixty-eight-year-old quality? Because I do that shit all the time. I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about like nonstop. Every time I look over there, he's like, "Uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah." But this guy will work around circles around anybody. I mean, I would put him up against any one of you guys. Where did he come? Where's just his speed background? Wise, he's just like flying all over the place. Really? I don't know. I think he might be a veteran. But during his interview, he was like. You know, I just always got to be doing something. You know, I can't stand around and be still. And uh, I might mop the floor six, seven times, you know, if uh, if I need something to do. And I was like, you're hired. <laughs> That's all it took, dude. But, yeah, he's an interesting character. I know uh, there was a dude with red hair at Leo's. That dishwasher guy? Is it Riley? No. Our- he's an interesting was, character. Was it our dog? Our dog. Water was it? Water Riley? Water Riley? <laughs> was it? Was he a dishwasher or was he a pizza guy? He was a dishwasher. Now Riley is a 
Interesting guy. Are, are you talking about Scott? I don't know. This guy had red hair and like it was super long in the back, but he had dread uh, like a uh, cornrows in the front. That's not Riley. That's and not he had a gold Riley. chain. And he wore big rings on his hand. Washing dishes. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think this might have been before you started. Oh, uh, wait. You said he had red hair? Yeah. He had a really bad, terrible mustache. I don't know. How old was he? Uh, young. Young. Probably early 20s. I don't that know. I don't Riley. remember him. If Water Riley had Wait, Riley had... wore rings, but he didn't ever have dreads. Are we talking about Pizza Riley? No, there's no, we have two Rileys. Dishwasher Riley. That might be him. Did you listen to Remember like, Jeff he used metal? to have to uh like call know. his dad because he didn't have a phone? <laughs> Is that him? I don't know. Or th- if if that's who you're thinking of, that cat's still there and he has blossomed into a wonderful young man. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, Luke. he came out of his shell. He's got like I don't want to talk about Riley's personal life. Riley has overcome several um, pretty major life obstacles. Gotcha. None of which were his fault. And Water uh, Riley? Yeah. Um, dude's doing great. Word. But he was always so interesting to me. Like He's still very interesting, if that's right who up. it was. Probably so. I love going in at uh, sometimes. So I make dough. And that, Pe- that pizza entails dough. pizza dough. Yeah. So that yeah, entails me going dough. in um, when the kitchen is basically closed and no one is there because it takes up so much space. Um, so sometimes <laughs> I usually go in at 5 a.m. But sometimes if I really fucking don't want to get up in the morning, I'll go in after the kitchen closes. So usually on Friday nights, if I don't want to if I want to have a full Saturday off, I'll go in super late. And and Riley is usually the only one there, and he is blaring pirate metal. Pirate metal? And it is the dopest shit I've ever heard in my life. I've never heard of pirate metal. Enlighten me, sir. It's it's what you think. It's metal, but it sounds like you would listen to it only on the ocean. You're her, you're on the open her. seas, dude. It's sea like shanties if- turned into black metal songs. Whoa. It's pretty dope. Riley's really, um, really just assumed this pirate persona. That would explain the rings in the chain. Dread, dread pirate, dread pirate, dread right? Pirate. Dread pirate, water rally. <laughs> like a like a pirate from the Judge Dread. <laughs> dread D R E D D. Right, that's pretty good. <laughs> what about so, um, um, Denver? Any super interesting people you've worked with? Um. You can't talk about Max because that's who I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay, man. yeah, Max all right. So I won't. I won't touch. I've worked in significantly fewer restaurants than these guys. So yeah, uh, let's think. Probably to your behoofment. Probably. What I, I tell you what, you give me. If that's a word. Uh, you give me a like a a, de- a description word for a human, and I'll tell you a story about a person. <laughs> Like Jeopardy, you give me the answer and I'll give you the like question. Or like uh like game. matching uh from grade school test. Oh. Draw the line. Right. You want a story about like a wild person or like a dedicated cook? You ever worked a, with a klepto? Oh do you want me to tell you who took your jacket? Is that what you're asking? Yes, I want to know who took my pants. <laughs> my theory, all right. Uh, Tyler so had his drain coat 
Raincoat. 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 The drain. He still has his drain coat. That's uh, the coat that he wears when he's cleaning drains. Um, but his raincoat. Because you got to keep the showers on. Excuse me. His his rain slicker (laughs) was uh, taken from him uh, at the workplace. And my theory is that one of back to that front of house, a front of house server wore it outside while smoking a cigarette. And it was raining because you had a raincoat and they decided that the walk to their car also warranted the use of your jacket. (laughs) Probably. And they might've had intentions to bring it back later, but Mm. college town. It's too late now. Already bought a new one. Fuck you. Dang. Ooh. So he's making that dough and that pizza dough. Yeah, baby. (laughs) I mean, money. (laughs) <laughs> money and Pete yeah yeah it's a, a joke a joke you got jokes we like them we like them um all right a a person that I've worked with let's we had a guy that worked with us at the butcher shop that would come in in the mornings to open no I'm not talking about him I want to talk about that one that moved to New Orleans. Oh, hell oh, yes. Oh, so you want to talk yeah. about Kleptos? I think no. that's where... Uh, no. I think that's where that burner that... Uh, this is absolutely where that, that burner went. We had that big went. propane burner oh, that we used out back. He I think that, about taking that. Yeah, that's in New Orleans now. <laughs> I saw it on his Instagram, like in his house. He was he was using it inside. Oh, my God. What a genius. That's Applewhite. Uh, he would cook burgers... While he was supposed to be opening the restaurant, filling the fish case, all that stuff, and then take them to hi- to a coffee shop and exchange them as currency for coffee. Like it was 1775. <laughs> like it would be like four cheeseburgers. Yeah, about 20 bucks worth of burgers for a cup of coffee. He didn't bring back coffee for the whole staff. Just- I mean, there were a couple times when I was opening and I would say, hey, Applewhite, if you're going to take burgers, you at least better bring me a fucking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, they're, I'm pretty sure he was drunk every time. Oh, he all the time. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he's one of the few guys I know that's gone to uh, New Orleans and... Uh, sobered up? and Yeah, sobered up and become uh, more successful as a cook instead of just Falling sliding off. into that. Yeah, line cook alcoholism. But I mean, to be fair, like, so many cooks do. He 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 couldn't have become more of an alcoholic. You know, no, there was there so. was no farther for him to go down. I mean, at least he was functional though. Like, yeah, he, he wasn't yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a functional. Um, he could not. He absolutely could not have worked at a place like St. Leo and gotten away with it. No. But at that place, at the butcher shop, yeah, right. he was functional. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that that guy's pretty crazy. So speaking of like just crazy people you work with, um, work with this guy named Max, and he is one of my favorite people of all time. But he is one of the most insane people I've ever met. Um, I don't have a specific story because they're all insane. Um, I guess la- last time I went in, I wasn't even working there. I just went to go pick up some meat to cook at home. And he wanted me, he asked me to come back to 
the butcher shop just to, or the butcher room to talk to him for a minute and he dared me to eat raw beef um cut directly from a cow and i was like hey i'm not gonna do that and he said all right you pussy and did it he he ate raw beef that probably wasn't the first time i think that had become a a new store game after we left oh man (laughs) with the new kids oh no you you did eat raw beef no 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 that was nate no that's right that was nate we're talking about youth minister nate youth minister nate yeah oh man we got him to we told him that what did we tell it was a piece of fat just and we told him it was, we told we him it was told Canadian him it was, bacon. <laughs> and then we I told think him once it he realized it wasn't, bacon. we tried to like spin it and be like, oh no, it's like bubble gum. You keep chewing and it gets better. <laughs> it's very similar to lardo. You just keep chewing it. It's really good. I think good. I was around somewhere around this or I heard about it. I don't know. That you, say, you still might have been uh, yeah. riding long That's at that point. Wild. Old Max, huh? Yeah. He's a trip. We're trying to get him to cross the pond if you if you know what I mean over to St. Leo but I I tried to catch up with them around the same time I reconnected with you but we never yeah our dicks never Fucked. touched <laughs> right our dicks never touched yeah yeah that's probably a good thing Here no, it was probably coated in raw beef anyway well uh the 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 dick. Dick. The, pe- the penis the dick. Yes. yeah the penis the p the male organ so um, i guess the the, the next <clears throat> section that we're going to get into um really want to talk about some of the stuff that we like to use in the kitchen some yeah. stuff that tools, tools of the tools, trade tools of the trade if you will hmm you guys want to hear a really bad joke about tools sure <laughs> always um a poor craftsman should never blame his tools, but I think craftsmen should blame Sears for being a really shitty parent company. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's a pretty good bad joke. Poor, Thank poor you. tools should blame their 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 parent company. Right, because you know Sears Chapter Eleven or Nine or I don't. One I'm not a chapters. large corporation that's had to file for bankruptcy and no. Title Title, title nine. Seven. Title seven. seven. Title nine is sexual misconduct. Oh, they Bankruptcy? might have had that at Sears. I don't know. They carry the Kardashians' jeans. <laughs> <laughs> they carry Jinkos. That might have. Hey, dog sure hopes they that do. Might, that was a. That was more of a Jay Penney's brand, I think. Man, those really got out of hand quick. I remember a bit when I was younger. Jinkos, like, I mean, like fifteen and twenty inch. It was like a tent. It was like a, a multi-room tent for the thigh. <laughs> thigh and calf, yes. Which, wild. oddly enough, the, the, the smaller of the muscles got the larger home. Mm. Must be nice. Living large, let me know. You're like the raging erection of bell-bottoms. <laughs> the Jinko. Mm. Fully engorged. Fully engorged. You like that word, don't you? Yes. A, just say yeah, yes. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. I'm circling back to it tonight several times. <laughs> it's all right. So we're talking about what? Uh, so, uh, tools of the trade, things that you like to use in the kitchen. What's your favorite tool that you use? So Zach is the head chef at a sorority. Indeed. Um, so sorority. One of the, 
one of the dopest jobs you can get in this town. It's pretty legit. Whenever I say sorority, or like everyone's like, oh yeah, bro, which is it's you know it's not like that, but it's pretty cool because you have the same schedule as the college. That is really awesome. So like you know, fall break, you get the week off for Thanksgiving, you get six weeks off for Christmas. We don't work weekends. You Full know. summers off. Yeah, the latest I'm there is probably seven thirty p.m. I'm glad you clarified. I thought you meant you had to like stay there till two in the morning and then like sleep through your first class and then you know, yeah, like a student, a college student, like a student would. Mm. But no, yeah. So at work, I mean. My knives are probably my favorite tool at this point, just because it's kind of a new kitchen to me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I you, you kind of hit on that when we were on break, but I really think having, uh, having good knives is a very, like, that's a game changer for sure. Absolutely. Um, I picked up, uh, Wustoff, um, icon classic chef's knife, eight inch. And prior to this, I'd always been a believer in um, in Japanese steel, but I did a shit ton of research because I'm obsessive, and 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 found found a like a chart basically that was like you know the the the, the gist is like Japanese steel can get a lot sharper than German steel, but German steel holds an edge so much longer. Um, and I kind of weighed those two and was like, I would rather not sharpen my knife every night. Right. If it's not as sharp, and I, and I got this knife, and I sharpened it uh, when I got it, and I took it to work the next day, and I I, I, I did my prep in probably half the time I did the day before because it's it was insane how this knife was different, and mm. I'm talking just would slide through carrots, and you know carrot carrots are probably the hardest vegetable to cut. Yeah. They're so dense and so hard. It's not unlike an erect penis, like an engorged penis. But it, it it made it made it made my work so much easier. Like I was, what normally would take me my entire shift, I was looking looking for other stuff to do. Like, hey chef, can I well. help you? Because like I, I never can, I could never say that because it would take me so long to miss out whatever. Yeah. Um, but this knife made it it changed it changed the way I I, I, I prep and it's. I would I would recommend it to anyone. Honestly. I need to look into that. My kit, I got a Mercer kit. So I didn't do as much research as you did. I just, when I, I needed a new kit, but I didn't want to blow a whole bunch of money because I didn't know what kind of equipment they had there. But I did, uh, I just was looking at, looking up for like best, you know, best bang for your buck kind of deal. Middle of the road, like not the most expensive knives, but not the cheapest. But what's the best thing you can get for, I think it was like a hundred and, I think I spent 160 bucks. That's exactly what I spent on my really? icon. Yeah. But this has got a sen is it Sentoku? Yeah, so a Sentoku is it's a flat bladed chef's knife Japanese. where a, a western a western chef's knife has like a as a bevel, it is a curve, it like curves right, right. to the tip, where a Santoku is flat. It's a completely different style right. of cutting. Right, right. It's a Japanese style. So it came with a Sentoku, a regular Western chef knife. Uh, butcher knife, paring knife, slicer, and a serrated blade. And I gotta say, like for the money I spent, you know, I did you spend? Did you spend one sixty on the whole kit? Yeah, it was somewhere around one sixty. Okay, okay, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but like, yeah, it was somewhere around there for the whole kit. 
and I was not expecting it to be good. I just wanted, honestly, I wanted like a kind of cheap kit to like keep it work to where I could, I knew I had the equipment I needed to get the job done and right. I could, if it needed to get banged up, that's fine. It's my work kit, but it's actually been a pretty badass kit. Uh, I mean, We've got a couple of guys that use Mercer's at my current kitchen and I've good, used man. them and they're, they're good. They're dependable. They're, um, they're, they're not, there's nothing flashy about them, but they are, they're just good. Knives. They're just the handles soft, yeah. are made with a, uh, textured polycarbon kind of, yeah. yeah um, like basically your rubber just grip, nice right? to yep. not Feels slip. Like if you're, you know, if it's in your hand for a few hours, yep. you're going to develop some fatigue in the hand muscles and yeah. Any help you can get with grip. Yeah. And that speaking of the just the grip, like that's the reason why I went with the icon. So Wustoff has a couple different I know this is starting to sound like an advertisement, and maybe <laughs> one day it will be. Um hint, hint. Thank you, Wustoff. Um uh, they have a couple different lines. They have they have the classic run, um, which is has that I don't know what it's called. What's the what's the like it the the handle has like a lip where you're at the very end. Oh yeah, the um, back end. The back end will have a lip, and so the the regular, the regular like custom or not custom, but the regular like Wustoff classics have have all that lip. It's just a wood basic ass wood handle. Um, the steel between the the icon and the classic, um, the steel is identical. It's the same exact knife. But with the icon, it has a different handle. It has like I guess an ergonomic grip. Um, and I was thinking, you know, I'm cutting, I'm cutting vegetables or cutting meat for, you know, four or five hours at a time. Why not spend fifty dollars more and get the good for grip? Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I absolutely am thankful that I did. Like it's made a huge difference. Right on. What about you? What's your favorite tool? Tools in the kitchen. Uh. I d- I mean, my favorite tool is the ice cream machine. Talk about that ice cream <laughs> yeah. machine, man. Uh, I am lucky enough to work with an Emery Thompson, which is, I would call the industry leader in American-made ice cream batch freezers. Batch freezer meaning I put a uh, refrigerated custard base into this machine, turn the machine on. It's got refrigeration in the machine, and it actually freezes in that machine work. Um, that's awesome though. I, I'm not going to go super deep into all the different kinds of ice cream machines, but this one in particular, I use this Emory Thompson. They're made in uh, Florida. Um, I'd say the other contender really is Taylor, which everyone has seen a Taylor ice cream machine. It's that's the brand that Walmart uses for their the ice cream. So soft serve. Yeah. Taylor kills it in the soft serve game. Electra Freeze being the other soft serve brand that's really prevalent. Um, but the Emory Thompson for batch freezing ice cream is can't really beat it. They're ungodly expensive. That's why I'm so lucky to work with one. Can't afford one myself. Um, but it's it's phenomenal. It's an incredible machine, and it's uh, ours is a. I think two quart. Yeah, it's a two quart batch freezer. So very small makes a half gallon of ice cream at a time. And it's got a price tag of probably around like six grand. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun. I like it. 
Do you want me to uh, join your knife party? Yeah, Someone sure. Tell us about your knife. I know you're, you're All right. Uh, knives are very, very personal to the chef, I feel at least. Um, uh, these guys both talked about... Very much like a samurai. It's a part of you. Uh, sure, mm. it's a part of you. It's an extension of yourself. Um, I have small womanly hands and... Uh, very, very dainty. They are dainty. Great I'm for right. making ice cream. They are. They're the best in the state um, of Mississippi. So where does that put me? Um, I have dainty hands and I have some nerve damage. So a lighter knife is good for me. Um, my day-to-day that I use is a global 8-inch chef's knife. You'll see them everywhere in the world. Uh, Giada used them on TV. Anthony Bourdain recommended them in his book. Kitchen Confidential. Um, Great book. They're, it is fantastic. They're right? a very dependable knife, a very hard Japanese steel. They're from Japan. Um, but this is a Western-style chef knife that I use. Um, it's all one piece. Like, there's no... The blade and the handle are all the same. And it's a Single very, tang, right? Single so, tang, right. Um, it's a very light knife. And it keeps an edge very well. I've rarely sharpened it. I should sharpen it more than I do. Um, but it's, I mean, I've had it for years. It was a fairly affordable. Um, my mother-in-law bought them for me. Uh, before so she was my mother-in-law. you mean they were free? <laughs> for me. But this, I got a set with... That chef knife, a utility knife, which I use almost every day as well, and a paring knife, which I've lent to, I think, six different bartenders, and four of them have cut themselves. It's sharp. <laughs> that paring knife is a weapon. Yeah. Uh, um, I definitely... Like, but this set, for the, that the set of three knives, good. I think it was on Amazon, it was only like 120 bucks. So it was only all. like $20 more than buying just the singular chef knife right on. to get all three. So if we're gonna if we're gonna break down all of them, I, I I'm one of the only people that I know that cook at least in Oxford that literally all of my knives are different. I don't have a single knife that's the same brand. There's oh well, yeah. I have two. I have two knives. So I have a I have a Kai, um, a, a Shun, I guess, uh, pairing knife, and it's the Japanese style single bevel with the really long wooden handle, and mm-hmm. it's. I've made pounds and pounds and pounds of pesto with that knife, mm. and it is amazing. And then I also use a utility knife. It's probably one of my all-time favorites, and it's the the oldest knife I have. Um, is is a Kai that it's 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 a utility knife, but it's technically called a petty knife. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, it's very it's very long. It's about a six inch knife, but it's very narrow. It's very fine, um, and it is phenomenal for working with meat. So if that's something that you do a lot, I would recommend it. Right on. And is it like? Are, do we can we plug like stuff that we like? I mean, I think we already have. Like, <laughs> I mean, like like other like internet content that we like. No is one's going to hurt us. Is that cool? What do you want to um, talk about, Brad? If you want to see, I'll, I will talk about Brad later, but when we get into the education portion of our show. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see the 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 Wustoff classic icon, you can check out a guy on YouTube named, his name is Andrew, but his, his channel is called Binging with Babish. He uses he uses the, the Wustoff icon classic, 8-inch chef's knife, and he swears by it as well. Mm. 
That's cool. Aluminum Chef! This is a portion of our show where one of our hosts is going to give us some ingredients and everyone else here is going to say what the fuck we would make with them. You guys ready? All right, so I would like to add in. Um, so I, w- I want you to talk through what, how you would prep the ingredients. What would you do with them? Not just like I would make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like I would do this to this do, and okay. how I would cook it and stuff like that. That's All right, on. so today your ingredients are chicken thighs, cornflakes, eggs, tomatoes, basil, and some sort of noodle. Who would like to go first? I'll go. Yeah. Tyler. So you got chicken thighs, cornflakes. What was the other one? Chicken, eggs. Chicken thighs, cornflakes, eggs, tomatoes, basil, pasta. Okay. So what I would probably do with that is do some sort of breading for the chicken. I would probably debone that, that chicken and cut it into chunks and maybe do, uh, I, w- I would use the cornflakes. I would crush them up real good, and um, I would I would cut up that thick that chicken thigh that thick thigh that thick chicken thigh that thick thigh <laughs> into into little chunks and probably wash it in the egg, and then roll it in the cornflakes, and either roast it or deep fry it. I'm not sure, and and do um, well with tomatoes and and basil you can make a really simple red sauce. So I think with like a, a cornflake panko breading chicken um, in, in like a red sauce with a pasta would be pretty dope. I think so. Sounds delicious to me. Good job, Tyler. Woohoo. Fantastic. All right, Dever, since he's stolen the obvious answer. What it are you is the obvious, absolutely with the obvious answer. Chicken thighs, cornflakes, eggs, tomatoes, basil, and some sort of noodle. Sure. Can I assume that we have like, so like salt and peppers here? Yeah, flour, milk, Push like that. Standard. I mean, yes, yes. Um, but don't get too elaborate. You know what I mean? No, like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying like, I'll just lay it out for you. Um, I would. Use milk and cream to make half and half. Put the cornflakes in it to do a cereal infusion. Okay. Sorry. So you're saying you would infuse the half and half with I think the you flavor would. of the cornflakes. Right. And, make and then cereal, take the cornflakes out. Milk. Okay. Yeah. Cereal milk. Okay. Cereal milk. What's up, Christina Tosi? <laughs> so we have cereal milk. This is a breakfast dish. Okay. Uh, cereal milk. We're going to use that to make a pasta sauce. <laughs> We're going to use um, a whole wheat spaghetti. Okay. All right. Um, I feel like we're going, we're going towards wheat. a carbonara thing. That's exactly where we're going. I love it. So we're essentially going to do a carbonara with a whole wheat spaghetti. Explain that to our guests. What are we doing here? With um, the cereal milk. Not, we need to know what's going on. Here. So uh, the cereal milk, uh, essentially you take milk, cream, whatever, with milk fat in it. You put the cereal in it. You let it, uh, you you heat it up. You bring it to a simmer. 
Um, and what it, that will do is that will infuse the flavor of the cornflakes into the half and half, the milk cream. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is a milk cream concoction that tastes like the cereal left in the bowl after you eat cornflakes. Which is cornflakes. Right. Right. So we're going to use that um, with some butter and make a sauce. We're going to put our noodles in the sauce. Um, we're, we're deviating from carbonara now. Um, we're also going to make those cornflakes. We're going to, um, we're going to put them through the food processor and we're going to bread. You didn't specify what kind of tomatoes. So I'm assuming they're green and we're going to bread and fry the green tomatoes. There you go. They will be, uh, so we've got a bowl. You're you're using your cornflakes in two ways. Yes. Right. Uh, so we have this bowl Uh, with, um, just a very (laughs) simple white wine butter sauce that the noodles are tossed in. Right. Right. Um, we're, uh, wheat noodles, the wheat, right. Um, now the basil, basil, the basil, just kidding. We're actually going to, uh, dehydrate it. Okay. And, uh, candy it. And, uh, we are going, so the build is going to be that pasta in the, uh, the cereal milk cream sauce, <laughs> uh, this cornflake fried green tomato, and then we're going to take that chicken thigh bone in, and uh, we're going to um, cook it like you would a break chicken. So we're going to kind of flay it out a little bit. We're going like to take the bone butter, out. So we're going to debone it, butterfly it, um, and that's going to go in a scorching hot pan. Gonna it's going to be breaded as well, this time with flour, like traditional. Well, no, it's not going to be breaded. Let's, what are we going to do? Do piccata. Do piccata stuff. We're just going to put some butter in that pan. We're going to put that chicken in the pan. It's going to be skin on. Oh, okay. And we're going skin side down. Heard. We're going to take a cast iron skillet, sit it on top of that chicken. And that chicken is just going to cook. We're not going to flip it, anything. That skin... It's going to be sharp as glass sure. when we're done. We're going to take all that fronds in there. We're going to make a pan sauce. So the build is going to be that pasta, the tomato, the candied basil, and then that chicken thigh right on top. Very nice. All right, let's ask our uh, judges here. Judges, who won? All right, I think Denver won this one. Out of creativity. He was outside of the box. He did use some ingredients that weren't on the list, though we did decide that they might have been staple items. So moving forward, we all know. Um, the Denver is a better sh- chef than me. Well, we <laughs> should make a list of uh, ingredients that are standard. Salt, pepper, flour. Okay, so we, we yeah. have a pantry um, to work with. Milk, on, on each uh, white wine, oils. Your basics. These are just your feature because they're not, they're, because they're all supplemental ingredients. Use white wine. <laughs> we can have red wine, whatever wine, as long as it's in a box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. As long as it's box wine. Cool. That's fun. So when I when I wrote those ingredients, uh, that was kind of what Tyler did. Was kind of my original. That's what first came to mind. Right. Oh, that's why I went first. Because I'm. I'm dumb and go for the easy ones. 
That's what but I it's do. it's not easy. Well, it's not it's easy. just it's, classic. It's just, it's, yeah, it's standard. That's your that's where your brain goes first. That's what I like to hear. I'm and you a, see see Denver. I'm a basic bitch. It's classic because you read it in a book somewhere that that's what you're supposed to cook, right? Yeah. So the uh, one of the one thing I really love to talk about is a book called The Flavor Matrix. Um, so I guess what's an easy way to talk about this is uh, Zach and Denver have worked in several restaurants and have been chefs for a while. I've worked in two. Um, one that I'm currently at, and then another one that I worked at. Um, a couple years ago. So I worked, I worked in a, a butcher shop with Denver and, and Zach a couple of years ago. And I learned a few things there, but it, it, it was mostly a cafe. I learned how to butcher, which is great, but the cooking side, it was just burgers really. Um, so the bulk of my, my knowledge of I've, I've gained was just cooking at home. Um, there was a, a period of about two, almost three years where I didn't work in a kitchen um, but like I said earlier, I'm an obsessive studier. And when I get into something, um, I go whole fucking hog into that. Um, so I'd like to talk about a book that I read called the flavor matrix. And it, it, it it's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's written by a guy, um, called, uh, James Brishone or Briscione Brishone. I'm not really sure how he pronounces his fucking last name. Um, apples and oranges man <laughs> but it, it's basically a, a compendium of different flavors um, and it tells you exactly what those flavors like the, the down to the chemical components like literally um, it, it has the, the, the molecules that make up this flavor and it tells you hey this is what it tastes like this is what it's good with. These are the its best pairings, and also tell you these are some surprising compare. Uh, these are some surprising pairings that you might not have ever thought about. And it was, I think, Denver said it was made by who? So this book was it's the result of a project that was done between I I can't recall the I think there was a university involved, someone sciency. And they partnered with the Culinary Institute of America. So they're the guy that actually wrote the book is one of the instructors at CIA or Culinary Institute of America. And they, uh, whoever came to him, I really want to say it was a university or like Institute of Health or someone. They um, had this idea that IBM's supercomputer Watson uh, you might remember Watson from uh, there was an episode of Jeopardy where they put Watson up against Jeopardy. Um, uh, 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 contestants and uh, the computer won. This it's like the smartest computer in the world. Good job, IBM. So what they did was they loaded uh, Watson up with thousands and thousands and thousands of cookbooks that span over as a really since the beginning of cookbooks were uh, written and Watson dissected all of those recipes uh, by ingredients and saw ingredients that were paired together often and kind of played seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with ingredients and said, okay, I'm just going to live. These are not uh, an actual example. These are just ingredients. It would take onions for a red onion 
and see that it was paired with garlic extremely often, but and uh, uh, things that pair with garlic often but might not be placed with onions as often could go together. And that was kind of the the concept. And uh, the book is the uh, full summation of how that concept played out. And um, so a, a cool example is in the back of the book, it, 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 it goes through truffles. And I know truffles are like a, a weird – very flavorful um, kind of thing that 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 most people don't really like umame, um, but it is yes, yeah. it is an umame flavor. Um, so what it what it does is it tells you it has this uh, this huge chart, and truffle is right at the center, and uh, it'll tell you what best pairs with it, some surprising pairings, and some substitutes. Uh, so like what things like everyone knows. That or every all chefs know that the truffles go well with grains or rice or mushrooms. Uh, it also says asparagus, egg, tomato, butter, cheese, and toasted nuts. And it also has some interesting, surprising uh, pairings that it says like things that go good with truffle is beet or strawberry or vicinium, which is weird because no one would ever think to put strawberries and 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 truffles together. So so, am I clear on? So the way that this came together, this this computer program analyzed stuff that goes with truffles and then analyzed stuff that goes with strawberries and saw some correlation and made this decision. That yeah, so like there's a lot of a lot cool. of a lot of recipes that had truffles in it that had something else in it. And that something else, I'm not sure what it was, but right. whatever that other thing that goes well with truffles also goes well, well with, with strawberries and a lot of different recipes. So the IBM computer Watson summated that if this goes really well with truffles and strawberries, then Mm. maybe truffles and strawberries will actually go well together. And then it'll, after that, it will give you a, uh, a recipe with one of the surprising ingredients, which is, uh, in this book with the truffle, it gives you a truffle and roasted beet salad. It sounds really weird, <laughs> but it tells you exactly how to make that. And I, I haven't made it, but I kind of want to because um, using that method, it, you can you can really get really creative in the kitchen. Yeah, you know, beetroot is an excellent natural diuretic. So if you stopped up, it's in also in your in your well. It's also a good vasodilator. So like as a pre workout. Yeah, yeah. So, or if you need beetroot, does does help you vasodilate, and what that means is the the circumference of your veins. So, obviously, the the pathway of the blood um, will open up and get a little get a little wider. So, like could you engor- also say the girth of the vein? The girth of the <laughs> vein will expand, and so it allows blood to travel faster and farther to an engorged penis. To an engorged penis, yeah. <laughs> As blood does. Sorry, I had I couldn't. As resist. blood does, I couldn't resist. Yeah, that's cool. That's fact where you want your blood is your engorged penis. That's right. So your mom walks in. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that beetroot over there? <laughs> I'm engorging my penis, mom. You're not supposed to rub it on there. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you. That's not how it works. You got to eat it. You got to eat the beet. You can't just rub it on your. Member. Your member. 
What about those guys that their penis can no longer get engorged? So they just start putting gourds down their pants to look like a big engorged penis. You know, someone like uh, Robert Plant did with the socks or pennies. I can't remember what it was. I think yeah. it was socks. Socks. Put a roll of socks in his mm-hmm. pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Plant. Thanks, Plant. All the things he did, that's the one thing we remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bobby. <laughs> so, oh, Bobby um, Plant. In the, in the vein of talking about like how we learn what we learned, um, because I haven't worked in many kitchens, I did a lot of did a lot of reading. So I read the Flavor Matrix and it was fantastic. I did a lot of also just like watching stuff on YouTube. So there um, are really, 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 really good resources out there in the form of like YouTube channels that just show you a lot of stuff. One of the ones that I know Denver and I really like is a is a show called uh, It's Alive with Brad, which is a uh, video series hosted by. Brad Leone. Uh, right. Uh, who's, he's the kitchen manager at the test kitchen for Bon Appetit. A uh, periodical, a print periodical. That's a magazine for the youngins. <laughs> um, and so Brad, Brad is a, he's a specialist when it comes to fermentation. So it's a lot with Brad deals a lot with fermentation, but every episode he will make something new. Uh, whether it's miso soup or it's sourdough bread or it's those weird sourdough chocolate cookies, pirouettes, maybe. Is what maybe, they're called. I don't know. It's not like I'm a pastry chef. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like every episode, and they're usually about 15 to 20 minutes long, he will go through and say like, hey, this is how, um, this is how I make um, kimchi. Cause kimchi is a fermented uh, vegetable uh, or this is how I make sourdough. This is how, um, how, how you can at home make miso soup. Cause you know, a lot of people like to go to Japanese restaurants and get the miso soup, which is actually a, a fermentation and it's really cool. Um, so if you're, if you're into that fermentation game, check out it's a lava bread. <clears throat> He's also super funny, so that helps too. Okay, mm. donkey. Any any other the online content that you guys consume that helped you learn about some stuff that you wanted to learn about? I um since the beginning of me starting to cook, which I guess goes back to the Boy Scouts of America. Um, the BSA. The BSA. Will. Troop 55? What, what? Right. Troop 500. Chairman of the Knights United Methodist. Richmond, Virginia. Um, I have always Googled recipes. And uh, this isn't going to be a popular one for chefs, but... <laughs> I circle back to allrecipes.com so often. (laughs) And there are recipes I've I've found there that I've been making since early high school, like ninth grade that I, I mean, I made a chicken recipe I've been making since ninth grade last week. Wow. Some of these recipes have stuck with me. Um, And for me, uh, recipes are really just uh, for everyone, really not just me. Recipes are an instructional guide 
uh, like Ikea instructions or um, a, a car repair manual and they just kind of guide you. And uh, once you, you figure a technique out and you figure that out along the way, um, you just follow the steps of the recipe and boom, then you have food. If it didn't turn out well, either the recipe sucks or you suck. And the more you cook, you figure out which it is. And you will find out that the internet's full of garbage recipes. Yeah. And, uh, but sometimes you stumble on some fucking good. Right. Uh, so the other aspect of websites like all recipes.com or cooking.com food network.com or whatever that I really like is most of these under each recipe, there is a message board for that particular recipe. So you can go and people say, you know, I live in Colorado, high altitude. This didn't work for me. This is how I adapted it. Or, you know, yeah, or I like, like, Hey, like instead of two cups of all purpose flour, I use one like, and three quarters. I use one or, and three quarters because it's when I made it the way that the recipe says it was supposed it was to be made, it was way dry. too dry. Right. Yep. Yep. So, so things like this. So it's cooking's cool because it's, there's a very uh, communal education, uh, educational, it's That's a word. Mentor mentee yeah. aspect to it. It's it's people almost are like a all, forum, right? Right. People are I'd say it's a spoken word open forum. People are always eager to tell you their spin on whatever. Like, right. oh, what I do with chocolate chip cookies is uh, I refrigerate the dough overnight and then bake them the next day. And then, or once the once or once you turn the here's what I do with chocolate chip cookies and it's fucking dope. And you guys are going to want to adopt this. Let me tell you. Um is as soon as you turn the knob to preheat the oven, you put that bad boy in there. And when it is preheated, you take it out. That way, the bottom of the cookie where it sits on the pan is really nice and crisp. It gets that from the pan. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, you got to make sure you put the pan in like, well, I guess it doesn't work that way. Never mind. Um, no, you want your pan preheated. You so want your pan preheated. Saying, right? yeah. um, and then you, you, as soon as it's done, you take them out. Way faster than you normally would in the a normal recipe, and that way the bottom of your cookie is good and crisp. It's nice and hot, um, and the top of your cookie is still super soft. So you get both of those dope ass textures. Right. Sounds good. That's just what I do mm. with chocolate chip cookies. Well, I might have to try that. Uh... So one one thing I did want to talk about. When it comes to getting recipes off of like something like allrecipes.com or any kind of your your mom's Bell's best books, um, recipes are good, but they don't teach you how to cook. Right. And that's something that bothers me. So one of the reasons why I really love the Flavor Matrix and books like Hello, My Name is Ice Cream or um, The Food Lab is it has recipes in it, but the, the bulk of the book is the, is the science behind it. Like it's like, you know, you'll get a recipe for whatever. I don't know, like, um, some dessert and it says use brown butter. Um, all right, well, well, why do you, why do you use brown butter instead of just melted butter? Right. Um, books like food lab and flavor matrix tell you why, like this is why brown butter is better for this recipe. So it helps you develop that, that knowledge of flavors and textures that really help you bring out whatever you want to bring out in your dish. Right. Instead of just saying like, follow these steps, you'll make this dish. Right. 
Um, cause I think that's a crutch that a lot of people fall on, especially home cooks. And was the reason why I was not satisfied with just being a home cook is I, I love cooking and anyone can make anything with the right recipe, but I want to be able to make anything with no recipe. Yep. Um, so recipes and builds are, are really good, but at the end of the day, they don't teach you anything. So if you're wanting to learn more, don't. Don't just make recipes or, or like follow recipes. Like get out there and like get these books or get this get this information is going to actually teach you why these recipes are the way that they are. Yeah, for sure. When I got into butchering, um, there was a book I picked up just because I saw it at the uh, what's that bookstore? Not Square Books, the one Off Square. Is it called Off Square Books? Off Square Books. Okay. Yeah, That's where um, they keep their food and travel. And they're board games. And but, novelty uh, gifts. They got some pretty interesting socks over there, too. Have y'all seen true. these? They're pretty great. Uh, it's just called Meat, Everything You Need to Know uh, by Pat LaFrida, who's like this badass. Um, What's the word? Like, his family's been a dynasty of butchers. He's like an heirloom butcher? Yeah. Um. But that was a really great book. Trying to <laughs> as like an introductory to before I got into butchering, you know, like knowing just kind of the basics of the cuts and what you <laughs> do with them and stuff like that. Um, you good, big dog? It's 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 only a nicotine, babe. There's nothing special in this, right? Right. The one I took earlier almost knocked me down. <laughs> this one or that one? That one. But I mean, I went too hard. Vape life. I've done that a few times in my life. Vape gone, gone too hard in the paint. Talking As most hard in the fucking paint. <laughs> most, I think most people who work in the food industry probably go too hard in the yeah. paint. That's another story which for is, another day. Which is weird though. Why does it attract those types of people? You know, like, is it because anyone... Because they need anyone to come in there and wash dishes. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. <laughs> I think that's a big part of it is like, hey, you got two fucking hands. Let's fucking go. You right. know, I can show you how to cut a piece of meat. Or the artsy folks, too. You know, like it seems like the food industry attracts musicians, artists, stuff like that. Yeah. So for me, it's like it's the freedom of knowing like. Hey, if I need to, you know, take a week off and and go from Mississippi to, to New York and back uh, on a tour, like my job's there when I get back. Like they understand uh, the need for 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 time in your schedule. Because, like, I guess the, the big thing is like working in a kitchen or working at a restaurant. Like everyone in management in a restaurant knows that this is not these people's only gig. Right, right. Like everyone in a restaurant has a side gig. They have, if you're an AM chef at a restaurant, you're probably going to be working as a PM chef somewhere else. Yeah. And I think restaurants know that. So it's a lot easier to get that scheduling in. Like if you say, hey, um, you know, I'm going to be gone this week. I've got a tour, whatever. Like they're not going to be like, all right, well, hope you find a job when you get back. They'll, they'll be like, dope, man. We'll see you in a week, you know? Right. Yeah. Man, talking about uh, books that are kind of conceptual instead of just recipe books, I was I was browsing around on Netflix the other day and I found this. It's a documentary 
Based on the book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, God, I love that book. Man, the documentary on Netflix is so I have not awesome. seen that. What's the name of it? Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's really great, though. I mean, it's it's done very, I guess, poetically. I don't know. I dig it. Cinematic. It's very cinematic. It's, it's hard for me to watch cooking shows like that. And I think Netflix has hit the fucking nail on the head with with their with their cooking shows because as a like a musician and a and a filmmaker and also a cook um I really appreciate well done uh medium you know mm-hmm. so like I watch things like like good eats or something and I love good eats and I love Alton Brown but there's nothing special about it right you know yep. but like I guess I haven't seen this salt fat acid heat but I have seen like chef's table. Yeah. And what was the other one? It was like four parts, oh, fire, yeah. water, uh, and, earth and, and, and air. Is that yeah. the Michael Pollan one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Michael Pollan. So Michael was- Pollan who wrote omnivores dilemma and that new LSD book and like a million other awesome just books. <laughs> groundbreaking works in literature. Way to go, Pollan. Um, that was a great one too. That, that guy is cool because he comes from a straight up journalism background and just got interested in food. Yeah. And uh Omnivore Dilemma, if none of you have if read it if you haven't. It's it'll tell you where your food comes from. But did and you guys know the name of that, that show I'm talking about? It was it was another one of his books about the actual concept of cooking. Yeah, there there were from, four yeah. parts. I know the first part was like it was fire and it started in the aborigines. So he talks about the aborigines use of just just straight up fire to cook their foods. Yep. And it just talks about heat and how you know, you take one thing and it, it, you use literally right. a, a chemical reaction to turn it into a, something completely different. And it has four episodes. It's literally just a, a four-part mini series where each one is you have an episode on 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 heat, which is fire, and then earth, and then air, and and water, and it's it's so good, and it's so well done from a filmmaking um, perspective that even people who aren't into cooking or into food can enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So let's talk about this: the age-old question, like you said earlier, uh, culinary schooling. Versus on the job experience. Yeah. Is one better than the other? First off, that's the first part of the question. And secondly, uh, how so, depending on your answer? I think absolutely one is better than the other. Um, I think if you want to be on Food Network, you should go to culinary school. And if you want to be a good chef, you should learn from good chefs. It's it's hard to ever say that education is bad. Right. But... The current state of the restaurant industry, the guys coming out of school may know everything in the world about food and how to cook it, but they they don't don't know how on job experience. They don't know how fast the line is. They don't know how the line works and they're kind of a fish out of water. They also don't know how that restaurant particularly cooks that that dish. Right. They're like that 13 year old kid that graduated college. Um, Graduated like high school at age <laughs> right, nine right, and right. college, like I had a master's degree by age 13. You know what that guy does now? He, uh, he runs an improv comedy 
club somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the country. I just heard him on a radio interview I recently. Know that. Anyway, uh, so these guys who go to school, they may know everything in the world, but they don't have the uh, everything but the actual application of all that knowledge. Right. They uh, they have all of it. Um, it's like they're trying to fuck the kitchen, but they still have a rubber on. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it right, but it just doesn't not feel exactly. Right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't uh, but right. guys that learn on the job. I mean, you go from being green. Tyler had never worked in a restaurant before. I had never worked in one until I did. And Zach, same thing. You just kind of learn every day. You learn a little bit more and it, it can suck. And it does suck in the beginning. You get put with tedious labor that seems meaningless, cutting potatoes, slicing onions, whatever. There are things that we have to do every day. Um, I also think like there's there's this weird like ego thing with people who graduate from these culinary schools where like I I have a degree in, in culinary arts like I'm above cutting or peeling yeah, and cutting sure. potatoes but like dude these restaurants they don't give a shit right I that's, think that's across the board though anyone with a degree in something is probably gonna use it try to wield that to their advantage if they can yeah um, of course but I think the restaurant industry it's just one of those places where you can't do that it's just, yeah it's like it doesn't really matter like like you you get a you get your medical degree and yeah you're a doctor dude the restaurant like, but like everyone yeah. can cook anyone can cook Any, not anyone, anyone can, can be a doctor but anyone can cook I've got right. some very unpopular opinions about restaurants that in line with that everyone can cook there's absolutely no need for restaurants to even exist. Right. Everyone is capable of cooking anything they want to cook. It's really just a convenience that yep. we're all taking great advantage of. Because yeah. um, yeah. at money, the end of the dude. day, I uh, we both you guys both talked about why you cook or whatever. It, it's still super fun for me. That's why I go I every it. day. Because yeah, I, yeah, I have sure. more fun doing that than anything else. Because restaurants do exist and I, and I do love to cook, why not do it for money? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So both of you guys are saying that job experience is more important. I say job experience just because I've I've seen these guys come out of school and they come in and they have that chip yeah. on their shoulder and then they they just fail, fail, fail. And it's it's hard to watch because you can see them and they have all this confidence and all this knowledge, but these guys that they think are below them because we didn't go to culinary school. Right. But we're like, dude, you got to fucking hurry up. Right. Come on. Well, I mean, I guess like at the end of the day, like we have at, at our restaurant, um, we have two guys. One has just worked in kitchens for a long time and, and could been cooking for a long time. And another came out of culinary school. And the one that got the sous chef job was the, was the guy that worked in kitchens um, over the guy that went to culinary school. And it's because he knows how kitchens work. Right. And that's just something that it seems like they don't teach you in culinary school. Well, that, you know, I, I agree. I think I think I think school is very important for certain for understanding, I guess, the basics or the standard concepts, you know, like making your mother sauces and stuff like that. Like that stuff. I think that's important knowledge to have. It's incredibly important. Yeah. Like, but, sure. You can chiffonade perfectly, but like, right, can you, you take, run all six of these tickets at the same time? Right. 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 Well, so I mean. I definitely think job experience is more, I agree with you guys, job experience is more important or I guess better to have if you had to pick one or the other. Um, 
but I definitely see the value in going to school. But I was looking into this like I guess that was a month ago because I've been doing this for a while. I think we're on the same boat. We know none of us have gone to school for this, right? But I've been doing this a long time, and I've kind of got to the point now where I'm like, this is. I think this is my career field. So should I go to school? Yeah, that's the question. And I that's, looked into it, and it's it's not cheap. It's very expensive. Oh, and good luck finding a public college that offers a culinary the arts w, degree. The W right. has one. Uh, oh, another one of my unpopular opinions is that not everything in the restaurant industry, but absolutely the kitchen. It's it's a trade, like being an electrician or a plumber. You have a set of skills that apply to said trade, and you can transfer them gotcha. to any other kitchen and go anywhere. Yep, yep. Um, now that's true for other jobs. If you're a microchip engineer, you make microchips. That's what you do. Right. Um, but it's a trade. It's not. Yep. I mean, yeah. If you go way back, it is an art. It's a culinary art, but. And it is art school that you go to usually to go to culinary art, you art know, to school, go to yeah. cooking school. It's usually an art school, trade for but sure. it's a, it's a trade. I mean, it's, it's a physical demanding trade yep. like roofing. Yeah. Uh, our sous chef was a roofer and he's the one that drilled that into my head. Cooking is a trade. Yeah. These are skills that we're teaching you and you can, how fast can you put that? Exactly. The shingles on the roof. How fast um, can you So these, these guys peppers? coming out of school, yeah. They're seeing it from an academic standpoint and a a culinary art where we're like, all right, this is the job site. This is uh, what we're constructing today. Let's get it done, guys. Yep. Our sous chefs, like our foreman or our chef, whatever. Right. Um, And we just pound it out until it's done. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That does it for us tonight here at Kitchen Bitchin'. My name is Zach. I'm the host. Um, feel free to go and check us out on all the social media platforms. Give us a like and a share. Leave any comments you have or questions. Um, well, that we would. Uh, we would. If you guys have any questions about cooking techniques or just life in a kitchen or anything like that, you you want us to like kind of hit on. We would love for you to shoot us an email or. DM us on um, any of those platforms, and we will try to talk about that on our next episode. Or if you want to hit on Tyler, back to that DM thing. Yep. Slide in these DMs, please. <laughs> I'm super single. Oh, super single. Is that different than regularly single? Yeah, I've been single for a long fucking time. Oh, how is it, super how is it different single. from Super Saiyan? Uh, I don't have to strain really hard. It just kind of comes naturally. It's pretty good. Uh, Denver, you got another podcast, right? That you, uh, yeah, I've got one in the works up and coming. It's called water sucks. It's, that's, it's not a truth. Water is essential to life, but in the, uh, in this podcast, we're going to have, uh, people involved with the restaurant industry, primarily cooks and back of house employees, um, it's as simple as us reviewing sports drinks, Gatorade, Powerade, maybe some throwback nostalgia talk to all sport, things of that nature. <laughs> we might get into some energy drinks. Uh, so you'll uh, hear us talk about what we like, what we don't like. We might do some shootouts. Who has the better orange, Gatorade or Powerade? 
or uh, uh, what is it, squinch or squirt or that uh, squirt? It's, squirt. Uh, squirt is uh, that's that grapefruit. So squirt. it's squinch is a Mississippi based out of Columbus sports drink. Squinch. That's right. Uh, the packaging is written primarily in Spanish. Oh. Um, but we we might do some stuff with squinch. squinch. We're coming for you, squinch. Uh, so look for that. Um, probably early December. And something we are going to do in the future, we're going to try and get some music action. Uh, maybe have some musical guests here and there. Yeah, on the show, maybe. Is it possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can Produce definitely do some, do some, do some music. Um, because like we said earlier, a lot of a lot of kitchen workers tend to tend to also be musicians, and and vice versa. So maybe get some local musicians that also work in kitchens or in food service in general to come talk about you know why it's easier for them to do what they do, and maybe play a few songs, which would be dope. We're also gonna start doing a video series, um, kind of based on that that um, what's for dinner. So we're gonna come up with, you know, we're gonna have one of our one of our hosts come up with some uh, ingredients and maybe do some videos on what the other hosts would do with those ingredients. If that sounds like something you guys would be interested in, maybe look forward to that come January. Sure. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Slappy Brew Year. Good night. Thank you.